0: You're listening to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. Three dads trying to lead their families well in a crazy world. So grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Dads, Diapers, and Drinks. I'm your host Scott here with Nathan and Jeff, as per usual. Yeah. And for the second time in the last four episodes, I think Dan Adams is back.
1: Well, hello and thank you. The man. You're welcome. The myth,
2: the legend. Thank you for
0: joining us. Yeah. He's yeah. not pastor. even a myth. He is. He's here. Right I'm the here. real, real deal. <laughs> <the> <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the invite. Guys, yeah.
1: enjoyed it last time. Absolutely. We enjoyed having it.
0: Um, we're excited to jump back into some. Maybe not as much of a group counseling sesh this time, but... You never know. it was good. (laughs) Yeah, who knows? We we liked it. Hopefully the listeners got something out of it. Mm -hmm. Based on the listens on that episode, it seemed like they did. Who knows? And uh, I'm also sad to report our massive spike in listens has, you know, we're back in the valley. We had two spikes and that was it.
2: Yeah. And we're back. I mean, back to reality. It did account for like Mm -hmm. 800 listens collectively between the two. It did. It was still
0: kind of exciting so mm-hmm. i don't know we did literally nothing different so i guess the algorithm finally noticed hey these guys have been uploading consistently for almost a year let's give them a little boost and you know? props
1: almost a year that's it, uh, a lot yeah, of content it, it takes is it's dedication
0: uh it has yeah <laughs> 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 um i am proud we made it this far mm-hmm. i didn't know like going into it i, I had no idea <laughs> how far we'd make it or seriously i mean we had good intentions of doing it for a long time we just didn't know what that would end up being or if we'd fizzle out or what but here we are we're still going and we've got a a second season kind of planned out so Mm -hmm. we're gonna get like i said last week get us through 52 episodes because that is one year's worth of episodes Mm -hmm. and then we'll take a little break and then we'll do a season two that'll be slightly a slightly different format um really not a ton different i don't think but uh, anyway I think it's going to be better that's, very optimistic. that's the hope I'm sure that's the intention <laughs> yeah it yeah, is yeah. the intention <laughs> uh, yeah stay tuned for season 2 it's
2: definitely going to be worse
3: uh, <laughs> we're planning on making a big downgrade so
2: <laughs> yeah. we were thinking of just using our uh, our phones as recording devices now and just doing it on the fly yeah
0: very
3: casual yeah, yeah
0: one person's going to be in their car the whole time <laughs> just so we have the good road noise effect <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, One person's gonna have a dog barking in the background. Every every conference call cliche, Um, it's gonna be that. Okay, just kidding. Um, Nathan, what are we drinking this evening?
2: Ah, we are drinking in honor in honor, Um, but (laughs) in In memorial in memory of (laughs) in memory of Wild Turkey One Hundred and One. We are having the last of the One Hundred and One that Dan kindly brought us uh, a while ago. And uh, it's wonderful. It's
0: mm-hmm. very fair. good. We uh, we hooked Dan up with some more Canada Dry.
1: Yeah, okay. nice so, warm Canada Dry. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have ice cubes, man. Yeah, it's perfect, man. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a terrible <laughs> hose, <laughs> yeah. Scott. Kill me.
3: Uh, I'm going with my uh, the the official drink of the show, in old fashioned. So I'm mm-hmm. enjoying enjoying that quite a lot. This is my usual want these days. Mm-hmm. It's for some reason it's the most summary of the bourbon drinks for me. It's like sweet and Mm-hmm. Fruity, which makes me feel good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
2: <laughs>
3: makes me happy this way.
2: Yeah. Good stuff,
3: man.
0: Yeah. Anything new over there, Jeff? Life? Well, yes, quite quite a bit, really. Wow. Oh.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Do tell. My my brother and sister in law, other Scott.
0: Yes, is, Scott. We two refer to him
3: mm-hmm.
0: Scott two 0. or <laughs> no, just two beta. Yeah, <laughs> like he's. <there. laughs> yes. I'm I'm number one.
3: He's number two. Just okay, kidding. okay, sure. Um, but they, uh, my sister-in-law just took a job in Ravenna, mm-hmm. so they are actually trying to move up here right now, and they just put an offer in a house in Aurora. Oh wow! So they're oh, cool. hopefully going to be moving to the Aurora area soon, which is very exciting. Yeah, and uh, they've they crashed with us last weekend out of the blue to go house hunting, um, and then they're going to be kind of up and out this way a little randomly over the next couple months as they're trying Mm. to get a house and then move. So Mm -hmm. I'll be seeing them a lot and then they'll be living in the area probably within a half an hour of us, which is going to be really cool. It's never happened before. We never lived that close to them. They've been all over the country for the past five years. So it's going to be a big change in our family dynamic, having them right in town. They have three kids. So Mm. my, my kids will be excited, but they were, when they were here, we had this hilarious. So Andy, my second is the youngest of all the kids of, of all five of these kids. So mm-hmm. the oldest is, f- is almost five. Um, and the youngest is Andy. Who's nine months old. Uh-huh. So all four of the bigger kids are running around my house, like maniacs, just <laughs> screaming, running in circles. <laughs> it's a blast. They're in the three seasons room. They're in a bedroom. They're in Kelly's room. And every time the train of children run out of room, screaming about 30 seconds <laughs> later, you'll just see Andy,
1: T- 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 <laughs> Crawl out the room, <laughs> trying
3: to keep up. And at one point, he just got halfway into the doorway. He just looked at me and started crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't keep up, dude. I know. Uh, it was just. just it was so funny, but so sad. He was like, "No, nah, I can't do it."
0: Dude.
3: Yeah, so it was really good. It's gonna be fun having all the kids around because Kelly loves hanging out with her cousins. Mm-hmm. And, That's awesome. Uh, it's gonna be cool.
0: You guys were thinking this move was gonna stick for a while, right?
3: Yeah. The the position that she got promoted to is basically the job that she's wanted for a long time. I believe basically mm-hmm. the, all the moves that she's done around the country around the company were to eventually get this job. Mm-hmm. So we're fairly confident. I mean, they keep talking like they're trying to buy a nice house and like, yeah, we think we're going to be here for maybe it maybe forever, maybe for a long time. The goal was mm-hmm. always to end up back up in the Cleveland area. So mm-hmm. this might be their long time cool. to stay, which is really cool. That's fantastic. Again, they've been they've been all over the country uh, yeah four different states or four different cities yeah for the past five
0: years for their kids sake it's i'm sure they're looking forward to staying in one place because <laughs> now yeah. that they're getting older like you said the old they're almost five, into
3: school age yeah you start mm-hmm.
0: developing those types of friendships that really hurt to <laughs> to break if yeah. you have to move
1: mm-hmm. this is jenna so, and her family yeah. yep cool.
3: <laughs>
2: cool cool man yeah that's
1: fantastic
3: Nice. There's that. Oh, then also I just signed the contracts for all the work I'm going to have done to my house, Oof. which is the biggest thing I've ever offered to pay for in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's painful. Stupid amounts, stupid amounts of money, but brand new driveway, brand new deck is what we're getting. So That's terrific. good for you. Sweet. It's going to be, it's going to be a nuts year of life <laughs> for me. Uh, yeah. The summer's going to be crazy. And it's starting for me right about now. So it's going to be, it's going to be a trip.
0: Yeah. Over the weekend, uh, I finished one project that Nathan and I started two weekends ago, which is clearing out the attic space above the garage, (laughs) which um, I hope Kelsey doesn't mind if I share this. I I should have asked first, but her grandparents uh, were German citizens. Like they were, they moved, they're German immigrants, like off the boat, they moved here (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh, they... Uh, one of them, I think her grandma, maybe not her grandpa, but her grandma actually like fled the Nazis on <laughs> a covered wow. wagon. Um, and her grandpa, I don't, I honestly don't remember what his history was in Germany before they moved here, but they became, they moved here and they became so attached to their possessions that they absolutely were hoarders. And, um, that's a, I, it's hard to know if I would struggle with that too, having their background. Like, it's uh-huh. easy to judge them for like, why do you need all this stuff? Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. I, I try not to judge too hard. But while, while Nathan and I were working on clearing it out, we're like, "What is this doing here? <laughs> like, you why have... have
2: eighteen of the same broom and they're just <laughs> up
0: here?" <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We pulled down like ten of these yellow brooms. Um, lots of. Like trim pieces, uh, mm-hmm. windows, lots doors, of wood. lots of boards of wood. Um, the reason we had to take all this stuff down is because raccoons had moved in, <laughs> taken up permanent residence. <laughs> they <laughs> defecate everywhere, mm-hmm. and every time it rained, the whole garage just stunk Boo. to high heavens. Um, and we're planning on doing this big renovation project in our house, and we need to move a lot of items out of the house and into the garage. But we're like, it's gonna all stink by the time we're done with this project. So that necessitated clearing out the attic space above the garage. And so, evicting
1: mm-hmm. all the raccoons.
0: evicting the raccoons. Yes, yes, they
1: have no home anymore.
0: Yes, so uh, that's all done. Um, there's a massive pile of stuff next to the garage that will get a dumpster to fill.
2: It's astounding, but
0: yeah, it's crazy. So that was a big big project, but I'm glad it's over. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, um, it's pretty chill. Pretty chill weekend. We had Davis spent the night at uh, Kelsey's parents' house on Saturday
1: night. Ooh. was mm-hmm. the first time. Sleepover, huh?
0: Yeah. Well, it was his second time. First time did not go well at all. Ooh. <laughs> um, second time, he crushed it. He slept through the night. Um, he didn't fuss or anything. He saved all his fussing for once he was returned to us mm-hmm. on mm. Sunday. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he was a total champ, um, which was great. Cause that just unlocked a whole new realm of freedom for Kelsey and me. Sure. Like, we could just drop you off at your grandparents <laughs> okay. and you'll be okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was great. Um, and then he's just been learning a ton lately. Like it's crazy. He's starting to mimic me and everything I do. So I have a golf net in the backyard and I like every time we're outside just to keep Davis occupied. I just go, I hit golf balls into the golf net and he <laughs> retrieves them. And he takes his little plastic golf club and tries to swipe at him and it's just getting I don't know, it's just getting fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, thing. you are-
3: definitely rounded the corner with kids where the for the first year you're just like constantly mm-hmm. looking after them, like, don't fall off the chair, don't fall off the thing, don't stab yourself with the fork. You're just like yeah. always looking at them, trying to not get them hurt. And then you're round a corner, you're just like, Hey, I actually don't mind doing this with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you go now he'll like, you know, go on your bed and want to jump on your bed and you'll like cover him (laughs) with a pillow and he'll get a kick out of that. You're like, I'm having fun. I'm actually having fun doing this. (laughs) Yes. I'm not, I'm not faking this. I'm actually genuinely enjoying what I'm doing with you. Right. Which is when you have little kids, you're like, look, it's a toy. How fun is that? And they don't react. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then they get to an age where like, I actually am playing with you and enjoying it. And that's a really fun
0: moment. He's at the age now where we can buy him toys that we actually find fun to play with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like I'll bring him down here in the basement. And he'll be running around whatever. I'll start shooting hoops. <coughs> I'll start shooting hoops with his little toy basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm having fun too. So oh, Scott and I have burned Nathan many I... an hour yeah. <laughs> shooting random we, shots. We played a game of horse. Oh yeah,
2: um, <laughs> nice. So it's good stuff. Yeah, it's been good. Um, my life's been relatively normal, which is generally is kind of nice. <laughs> I've been en- I've been enjoying the uh, the very uh, homeostasis. Of uh, my life right now. It's been very uh, uneventful in a very positive way. That's great.
0: (laughs) Uneventful is good. I think. Yeah. (laughs) We'll take it as a positive. Exactly. Dan, how are you doing? Yeah.
1: Just what you're talking about. Being like uh, steady in the, there's a big difference between being stuck in the rut and and in the groove. Like it looks very similar from the outside, but Mm -hmm. like, if this is the course that you've chosen for your life and it's going according to plan, that's Mm -hmm. in the groove and it, and it's. Very fulfilling. Absolutely. Being stuck in a ruck gets real old, real fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a very yeah. different feeling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Last time we chatted, was that before Easter, right? Mm-hmm. And, or was yeah, it right so. after yeah. Easter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so Easter, I, I work at a church. I'm a pastor. Easter is a big, busy time. And then as soon as Easter was done, my family and I uh, peaced out. We went out to a state park, got a room in the lodge, went nice. on hikes, uh, no, pl- played volleyball at the racquetball courts, and uh, went in the hot tub in the pool, and that's just awesome. had- yeah, down family time. Came back for the second half of the week. I hit the jackpot this year. This isn't always the case. All three of my girls, and my wife's a teacher, so mm-hmm. all three of my girls are in three different schools, which is insane most of the time for scheduling. <laughs> mm. I hit the jackpot. They all had the same spring break right oh, after yeah. Easter, oh, wow. so we all were able to have uh, family time off. That's they, awesome. They wanted this, they're old enough now that they can tell us what they want to do for spring break also, mm-hmm. right? and it's usually pretty reasonable, so they all had like friends over or went over a friend's place or you know, mm-hmm. had a pizza night or whatever whatever. And so it was just a good, good family time. Last week was a little bit crazy. I uh, was speaking at a conference out of state. And so that was fun and exciting to get to have a change of pace. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of, I, I'm a fairly extroverted person. I love to be around people, but I it was a five and a half hour drive there and a five and a half hour drive back by myself. Mm-hmm. And I just Love listening to podcasts and listen to so audiobooks. He, you racked
0: so. up all of our listens. On. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just,
1: yeah. It, but it was just my
0: episode, though. Yeah. So I just listened to it over and over and over, and over again. Because <laughs> yeah. you listen on like two times speed or something. <laughs> I do, yeah. So you
1: could probably, in five and a half hours, you could get through. Somebody do the brain. math on that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Quite a bit. Yeah. yeah so, that, so that's been good. Uh, the new exciting thing for our family is I have, my oldest daughter is 16 and, and on the brink of getting her driver's license. Mm-hmm. So just got a, a third car for the family. She uh, calls it her car. I remind her that it's <laughs> dad's third vehicle that you get to borrow. <laughs> yeah. Dad is permitting
0: you to drive his third car. Yeah. Yes. But she's a
1: good driver. She's just about, she's finished up with uh, classes and all. And so nice. she'll be taking the test here soon. So that's is that a, a rite of passage in the family.
0: Is that a relief for you that she can get, her, get around herself? Or is it you worried? or
1: No, I. it sounds like I'm bragging and I don't take this for granted. All three of our kids are fairly responsible uh, for their age and mm-hmm. uh, our oldest is no exception and she's a she's a little bit of a grandma of a driver if anything i have to encourage her to be a little bit more <laughs> yeah. aggressive she's not I've like a speed behind her a few
4: times
1: <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> yeah. so she, she's a very cautious driver so i'm not worried about that and her mm-hmm. school is about a half an hour away she goes to uh, a private school mm-hmm. and she so it's a half an hour away and her younger sister is going to be going to that school next year with her oh, wow. and they both play sports so Having that's, a third oh, driver man, will so really help a ton. <laughs> yeah,
3: that was that was me and Scott in high school. Yeah. I, I never rode the bus in high school because he's two years older than me. So the, by, by the time I was a freshman, he was a junior and he was mm-hmm. driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He drove me to and from school most days, and then right. by the time he left high school, I was a junior and I drove. Mm-hmm. Right. So my parents all through high school basically never had to worry about wherever i was yeah, and i got my rides home
1: so that's the exact same setup we have going into this next school year although i don't know if you look to buy a vehicle recently thanks to covid what? and supply chain, like the the car Ooh, market is garbage I've right heard. now yes and you can pay yeah. twice as much for half as much a vehicle so mm-hmm. i got i got yeah. a decent vehicle i mean it's 10 years old but it's i bought i bought a project i've got some work to do uh, yeah. on it before i want my daughter driving it on the highway sure, but, yeah. but it's all work that i can do on my own so nice that's yeah. terrific yeah yeah,
0: our parents were super excited for Jeff and me to get our licenses because they were just sick <laughs> yeah. of driving us around. All the sporting uh, events, for sure. Yeah, yep. sports and church and everything we were involved in. Just They were they were tired of it. Right. But mm-hmm. I knew I had friends who just were in no hurry to get their license. I was like, what? What? I know, I couldn't. <laughs> One I of like, my best I mean, friends my, my didn't get it until he was with, 18. But,
3: yeah, my time working with youth ministry stuff, There's the kids who were like 18 were like, oh, I might go get my license now. I was like, well, you might, <laughs> dude the second i turned 16
1: i, know, I was same. like get me out <laughs> I, I was excited i didn't have any understanding of that they uh when i was taking driver's ed it was mm-hmm. offered through the public school i don't mm-hmm. think that's the case much anymore no, but a- it was a class that you could take in high school which Whoa, was great and nice. i think two days after my birthday i took the test got my license i was mm-hmm. ready to go worked out really well for me though my wife grace didn't get her license mm-hmm. until she was 18 or 19 mm-hmm. it was they didn't have money for uh mm-hmm. for driver's ed or anything she was homeschooled didn't have mm-hmm. uh, money for in the family for driver's ed, she'd have to go elsewhere. She couldn't get in school. And consequently, we went to the same church and we're in the same youth group. And she lived like five minutes away. We weren't dating at the time, but mm-hmm. I drove her and her family oh, everywhere yeah. to everything. So we had tons oh, yeah. of car time by the time. There we you were, go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Meant yeah. to be man. Right. And they lived happily ever after. <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
0: That's where the spark started flying. Mm-hmm. No, that's,
2: it's interesting because the whole like 18 or older, was like, oh, okay. I guess I'll go get my license now. Was like, those were the outliers when we were in high school, for sure. Yeah. And, um, but that's the norm now. There's like twenty three year olds that are like, eh, I don't want that license. I'll just just Uber or walk. <laughs> like, I I just are you crazy? I could see that if you live oh. in a, if you live in a city. Yeah, and if you that, live in a city, but like what happened before the city? Like unless you grew up in the city
1: <clears throat> and then stayed there, right? I
2: would still lose my
1: mind. <laughs> I just hired an intern for the right. summer who is in her twenties and doesn't mm-hmm. have a driver's license. And That was a consideration. Like, are you going to be able to get to and from and be able to do the duties and responsibilities if mm-hmm. if yeah. you can't get yourself there?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean,
3: like our our cousin Charlie <clears throat> lived in New York City and he bought his first car at like thirty six. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. wow. He had an apartment. He, lived in, he his... lived in New
3: York City. It's like I don't need a car, and he didn't for... have one until he was in his like late thirties.
0: Yeah. He worked for American Express, and it was walking distance from his apartment. And then, then he lived in Singapore, and then, wow, yeah, he, he just
1: I don't know, never needed a car. But and New York, you so, have the subway <laughs> and the buses and everything, right. Gets you all over. Yeah, him. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He lives literally like in Manhattan, like downtown, downtown, yeah. downtown. So it's kind of funny. He to always
3: offers. Him. Is like, you guys should come out and visit. We're like, what's your apartment? It's a studio apartment. It's me and t- my dog.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude, it's I'm tiny, not, and it's I, got, so I got a expensive. family of
3: four. I'm not joining you there, man. <laughs>
2: Oh my word, that'd be wild! (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So our topic of discussion tonight, which we've already started alluding to, well, one of the potential topics. One we know we want to talk about is education.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in favor, just to get that out. Oh, right at the forefront. (laughs) Yeah, I was concerned. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Didn't (laughs) want to blindsided there. (laughs) We're talking
0: about what? Um, So yeah, Dan, you said you're. I forgot. Exactly what you said last time. You said you had experience with three different types of schooling private, public, and homeschooling.
1: Yeah. So in our family, yeah. So I went to, I'm a product of public education. I grew up here in the Cleveland area, went to Parma City schools. Parma City schools were uh, a much stronger school system back then, uh, Mm -hmm. but still had all of the stereotypical challenges that a public school would have. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it was a large school district. Uh, My graduating class was 500, about, you know, Mm -hmm. the school had a couple thousand people in it so yeah that's
0: twice the size of our class
1: right and so that was my experience growing up my elementary school had 500 people in it i don't remember what junior high had but that was a, a very traditional stereotypical public school uh education until I went off to college, went to Cedarville University, which is a private Christian college, mm-hmm. very different, was uh, I think the campus uh, population was like 2,500 at the time. So just oh, barely wow. larger than my high school. <laughs> right, so you could wild. still know everybody. So, so that was my background, yeah, that's educational. Like, that's Grove City size too. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. that's where yeah. I went. Grace, Grace flip-flopped. She did the exact opposite. She was homeschooled all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. And then when she went off to college, she went to Cleveland State, so a state school. Yeah. And so, her educational uh, experience was very different,
4: mm-hmm.
1: um, exact opposite. And then when we came to having kids and mm-hmm. what our philosophy is, what our plan, game plan for uh, schooling them uh, was, uh, we came from two very different perspectives. Right. Mm-hmm. My, my my thinking was, well, I, I went to public school and I think I turned out okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I had issues with that, but I also turned out okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and most kids, that's the majority of what... American citizens do. They send their kids to public schools and it seems to work out for the most. And Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll be actively engaged parents and we'll help them navigate that. And uh, Grace was of the persuasion that maybe we'll homeschool. She, I should back up and say, Grace is an ed, a licensed educator. She's a teacher, mm, yeah. a elementary school teacher. And so I thought the best of both worlds, I've got a teacher in my house. If we <laughs> yeah. homeschool, like she's not just a mom homeschool. I don't mean yeah. just a mom, but she's she has specific training in education and yeah. knows you know, pre-adolescent development and all of that and, and yeah. knows how to teach and, so, and has a firsthand experience with it. So I thought that was would be good. And then the Lord has a sense of humor. And uh, j- just about the time, I was I was working on um, uh, youth pastor salary, which I don't know if any of your listeners know, isn't usually typically very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just about the same time we were putting our kids into school, oh, one other outlayer to this, my wife was now working at Parma Heights Christian Academy, which okay. is um, a Christian – elementary school. Mm -hmm. So now she's a teacher, but not in the public school, but in a Christian Academy. Mm -hmm. And it was outside of what we could ever afford. At the same time, the Lord moved us from the church that we're at to the church that we're now at now. Uh, Grace stayed on staff there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Well, when we were raising our kids, she wasn't on staff. She stayed at home when the kids were, Uh, At home. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she now works there again, now that all of the kids are in school. And so our kids have gone through private Christian education, both middle school, uh, elementary, middle school, and now high school. And we've really wrestled with that decision for our family and, and how to navigate that and how to make the decision. You mm-hmm. know, in part, you want to guard and protect your kids and give them a firm foundation and the argument can be made for that happens best at home or maybe the Christian school does that really well and you have the support of other resources with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can also say, hey, the salt needs to get outside of the salt shaker. We're called to be the salt <laughs> in the light of the world. <laughs> exactly, when, right? when are we ever going to do that? We need to get <laughs> right. our kids in the public. school. what if all the Christian families pull all of their kids out of public schooling and mm-hmm. what does that do for, for that? Right. So, you know, so those are things we've had to navigate. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah i had a thought and it was gone <laughs> it's <What's fine>. it? <laughs>
2: um so that's that's very interesting because i think that uh the difference of opinion specifically between spouses and like i feel like it's very easy to go entirely from like what you experienced to be like yeah that's reasonable whether it was oh i had a terrible experience in public school my kids are never going to public school that's right. atrocious or vice versa, where this you're like, yeah, The, it was great. the only like, way. Absolutely, the only way you can do it. And I feel like it's very easy to be very passionate about that particular topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like exactly what you said, where it's just like, you're like, I'm fine. <laughs> I turned out good. Right, right. <laughs> how is this not a, a great path? And exactly what you said of, you know, getting... It's like, if you put all the kids in one school, it's like, how are, how are the kids that didn't get the opportunity to go to church growing up really yeah. going to be able to
1: see, you know, the love of Jesus. Right. Right. One other layer to that, that I didn't expect a challenge. Once we made the decision with our oldest to put her into uh, private elementary school, uh, mm-hmm. not just private, but specifically Christian mm-hmm. uh, elementary school was every child is different and every child has different needs. Mm-hmm. And so it never occurred to me that I would be making this decision for each child, mm. but we've, Actively made sure that we think this through. So for our second child, is this still the best schooling option? Just because our first child did that doesn't mean that that would be the best environment necessarily. For now, we've come to the same conclusion for all three kids, but not on autopilot. Mm -hmm. You know, evaluated it for each of them. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's tough.
0: I mean, public school has changed a lot since, even since we were in public school. Like Mm -hmm. Jeff and I went to public school. Uh, Nathan was homeschooled. so, and ah, curious, I'm curious sorry, about I that. I feel like I'm obligated to throw that in.
1: But, <laughs> are, we, are we allowed to t- tell homeschool jokes?
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, by,
1: by all boy. means.
0: <laughs> I didn't. I said yes There's for some Nathan. of my favorites. Okay, we're going you, to yeah. tell homeschool jokes. <laughs> okay, I don't care what you're The, the perception left of left right. homeschoolers
3: <laughs> by public schoolers is that homeschoolers are all the weird kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's just, that is just the perception. I know it's not true. Obviously, I'm very good friends with Nathan, but- Literally I think until I befriended Nathan I thought homeschool kids were weird and then I became uh, friends with Nathan and I was like oh maybe maybe that idea was wrong. <laughs> yeah some of my
0: some of my best friends from college were actually products of homeschool as well mm-hmm. and they yeah.
1: oh like wait you're not awkward. Okay. I feel, hold on, eyes, hold on a bit. I feel like I earned the right to make fun of homeschoolers seeing that I married one, yeah. but not yeah. even yeah. <laughs> kidding. Last night we, we were driving. I don't remember where we were driving home from. We we're driving home from somewhere and my wife comments about her, her siblings and just how did all three of them, my- she has three siblings, a brother and two sisters. How how did all of my siblings turn out so weird? And I just, <laughs> I waited a beat. She didn't put the connection. I'm like, do you think it could be that they grew up with no social norms around them? Like they, just, And that's a very positive <laughs> they, thing in many ways. So they yeah. weren't part of society when they grew up. <laughs> right. yeah. and, and so homeschooling is free from all of those expectations yeah. and, yeah. and the, the, the mold that you get conformed to and everything. But also mm. you get some weird stuff coming out of that too. Exactly. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. Homeschooling. I was, I mean, I kind of considered it we well, obviously we're not at the decision point yet because Davis is 15 months old. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelsey has no interest in doing that. So that kind of shoots that idea out of the water. But what, what I was getting at before is how much public school has changed yeah. in the last 10 years, almost 11 years for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, all the crazy stuff you see in the news, some of these math problems that ha- have a word element to them that has nothing to do with the math it's all about kind of conditioning your brain to yeah do weird stuff <laughs> to, <laughs> i don't know to think that mother's only choice was to prostitute herself instead of working another job you know weird weird stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah.
3: um, mom can make fifty dollars an hour as a bartender or eighty dollars an hour as a stripper what should she do to make this much money in this many hours? And you're like, why yeah. is that? Or, or
0: some of the some of the writing the prompts, some of the writing prompts these kids have mm-hmm. to write essays on are just ridiculously sexualized. And mm-hmm. It's a you know none of we had none of that in high school. Um, so these things pop up in, in my news feeds, and yeah. as now that I'm a father, I'm thinking, wow, uh, do I want my kid going to public school? Um, mm-hmm. Should I homeschool? for part of the time and then public school later because i knew there, i knew people at our high school who did that um and they were a great family and they're not weird they were <laughs> homes- <laughs> They're you wouldn't even know um they're homeschooled and then uh, went to public school just for the high school years so i'm like well we could do something like that mm-hmm. um that's kind of like a good combination of having your own like be, being being the primary instructor of your kid when they're the most impressionable, mm-hmm. um, and equipping them to get out of the salt shaker mm-hmm. once they hit, hit high school and you know go out into the world um, at another really formative point of kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's a uh, were were you were you guys sold on doing the private school thing?
1: Did you how how close were you to not going the private school route? So, uh, we had been praying about it very fervently and asking for clear direction. And it was one mm-hmm. of those situations where it really felt like it was just going to come down to flip a coin. We get to decide. Lord's giving us an option and a choice. Yeah. And- it was at that same time we were praying, Lord, if if you were allow to allow us to put our kids in and we already knew the school we'd want to go with. We had we had looked at multiple schools, but Grace was working at the school because one in part it was a job opportunity, but two, geographically it was uh very yep. convenient for us. It's in the building that I work in and it's very convenient. <laughs> right. It's I mean the commute's seven minutes from our house, but mm-hmm. it also has all the same shared values that we have. Um and so uh I said, Lord, if you want that to happen, you're going to have to provide, like financially, provide for that. I don't see any pathway for that. And it was within months that I'm um, changing churches. Had that was not the motivation to change churches whatsoever. The two totally separate issues for mm-hmm. us. But the Lord uprooted us and planted us at that same church, school, and ministry. Yeah, mm-hmm. And and uh, and with that came a lot of confirmation for us, and mm-hmm. and some financial benefits to being sure. on staff I get a little bit of a discount and I was making a better pay then so so financially right. it was a possibility for us but I'll tell it you just private made a lot of sense yeah, yeah private education at least here in Ohio is yeah. not easy uh, there are other other places where there are ed- educational vouchers that make it possible for you to take the state funding mm-hmm. and Uproot it and take it with you to whatever school, whether it's public or community or, or a private school. Mm. Uh, Ohio's not like that, at least not right now. There are a couple of bills that they're working on right yeah, now. It's that, in the
3: works, right? Yep, yeah,
1: the backpack bill mm. would would yeah. free up those fundings and and anybody who's in favor of private education, I'd say it, that's that's a very positive move, and I would encourage that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I mean, elementary school, at least here in 2022, is five, six, seven thousand dollars a year per student. Middle school is about that or a little bit more. High school is 12, 13, 14 K a year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so that, that gets <laughs> expensive. Oh, those are yeah. numbers I literally hadn't considered. <laughs> right. And Gosh. so you don't do that on a whim. You, ha- I mean, yeah. there's a, a significant yeah. investment mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And also we're homeschooling. Also. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and for our family and for our children so far, it has been the right choice. Yeah. yeah. But every family is different. Right. Absolutely. And the, the yeah. choice
0: could change next year for all you
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. We evaluate yeah. that. Yep. Yeah. How, uh,
0: uh, obviously, we're we're approaching this decision as if private schools are this pure, ultra clean. Nothing bad ever happens. Oh, that's, that's not true. That's yeah. Yes. What uh, what types of negative influences do you think there still are? There are all uh, of all the of same. The, all of them. Mm-hmm. All yes. of the
1: same. Yep. Uh, to a less to a lesser degree. Mm-hmm. Here's what the main difference is. So, if in uh, a Parma public school, um. A a biological male decides that he is no longer a he, but a she, and that's how he is going to identify as a she, and -hmm. wants to use an alternative gendered bathroom. Mm -hmm. That's permitted. In Parma it is? Uh, I I can't speak specifically, but in some of the public schools around here, that's permitted. Gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, see that? (laughs) Now,
1: (laughs) at a a Christian school, and this happened at one of my daughter's schools, that Mm -hmm. one of the children... And this is elementary or uh, middle school age. Mm-hmm. So uh, you wonder what's going on. Uh, at least I did. But, and I don't remember if it was a he who wanted to use a girl's bathroom or vice versa, but they were using the opposite biological, biologically gendered bathroom or mm-hmm. they were insisting on doing that. And the school said, well, no. I mean, that's no. So yeah. I, I now am partnering with a school administration who holds the same shared values. All mm-hmm. of the same worldliness is out there. All the same temptations are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, our our families are marinating all in the same. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know what kind of <laughs> rabbit hole I want to go down yeah. here. Uh, I think there are a lot. There's a worldview very different than what I hold from a, from someone who is trying to raise my family from a biblical Christian standpoint yeah. mm-hmm. and the schools that we have chosen to send our kids to have those same shared values. Now you don't have to be a Christian to attend those schools. Okay, yeah. That's not a requirement. You don't have mm-hmm. to s- sign a um, a salvation statement or something, <laughs> yeah. but you do have to sign we we will support this statement of faith and here are the mm-hmm. values that we hold to. Sure, mm-hmm. um, All of our staff are held to these standards and expectations and a conduct of living. That's, sure, that's fairly reasonable. I'm sure that's attractive to a lot of
0: non-Christians too. Mm-hmm. is it or
1: just uh, yes. the, a code of conduct or like a yes I don't know. i'll get to that in just okay, a second sorry um, i'm jumping ahead. <laughs> yeah but but that's helpful uh, okay. and to know that when we come to so those same issues are going to crop up probably mm-hmm. not quite as frequently but i'm going to side with the administration or, or vice versa the, the administration is going to have a shared value with me and i know that i'm not wrestling also with this student who i think is um off track with their insistent that they're another gender than their actual body tells them that they are. Mm-hmm. But now I'm also fighting the administration of the school. Who's going to make my daughter be in the bathroom with a boy sharing that same, the same yeah. stall area, whatever. Right. Um, your question was, uh, is that attractive to others? We have seen an influx, at least in our school and in the private schools in this area, we keep our, you know, our, our thumb on the pulse of what are other happening in other schools. Mm-hmm. Most of the Christian elementary and middle schools and high schools are busting at the seams right now. Mm. Uh, Post uh, pre COVID, um, it was pretty flatlined for the most part. But a lot of schools saw some significant growth because of COVID and mm-hmm. because of the mandates and how schools were handling things just across the board. And it's a lot easier to navigate some of those things when you're a smaller entity. You know, yeah. our, our school only has one kindergarten class, and one first grade class, and one right. second grade class. Um, Now that's a downside too, though, and a different from a social standpoint, that's a different thing. You know, I remember being in elementary school in a public school and I didn't get, if I didn't get along with Mm so-and-so next year, I might be in a different fourth grade class. And they're with a different teacher and I'm in with a different teacher. If, Mm -hmm. if there's a bully in your class or somebody you just don't get along with, you're stuck with them for six or seven years every day, (laughs) all the way through. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Right. You'd hope the bullying became more obvious. Like there's no there are less places to hide, I guess. That's true. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I don't know. Hopefully. So the- what
3: did the private schools do differently during COVID that made them more attractive? Like how, how did your girl's school handle that differently? Because I, I happened to be in a Bible study led by one of the board members of Chagrin Falls schools right when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So I got kind of a front row seat to everything that they were doing and how they're making their decisions. So I'm kind of curious what what it was like for you as a parent with your kids.
1: Did you say that was a public or a private school? I missed it. I'm sorry. It's public.
3: It was a public school. Sugar yeah, mm-hmm. falls public school.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully this is a thing of the past mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into it. And I don't know how everybody even <clears throat> in this room feels about masks. Don't or like mandates, well, I've listened to the podcast, I, I know, or, <laughs> but I'm thinking particularly of yeah. your listeners, so I don't want to be divisive. Yeah. However, uh, our society mandates and be, being told, for you. Okay. <laughs> being told what nice. to do uh-huh. and having uh, across the board mandates that uh, many people felt violated their personal choice yeah. and personal responsibility. Um, public schools were just following the mandates and were required by the the Ohio Department of Health. Mm-hmm. And had check-ins regularly. Um, it was different for private schools. And different private schools handled it differently. Mm-hmm. They had certain things, um, health check marks that they had to reach. And I wasn't in the nitty-gritty details of those. But th- the school administrations get to decide how they want to respond to certain things and how they want to implement things. Mm-hmm. And so they could do things differently than the public schools. Our school, uh, for, for the first year of COVID, did man did uh, go along with the mask mandates. hmm And we saw a lot of people leave our school because of that. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lot of people come to our school because of how we were doing things differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are other private schools in the area who said, mask mandates, what? Nope, we're not requiring them at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they they got in some heat for that, but also they said, you can't make us. Mm -hmm. And So So
3: that's what I was mostly curious about. is did, Did private schools actually have the ability to say... No, we don't have to follow the same mandates, the, the same health mandates that come down from the
1: Ohio uh, Board of <laughs> Health. Um, no, they didn't have that freedom. <laughs> but they did anyway. They
0: extended their
1: middle finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you, it, you, there were schools that chose to enforce it and, and schools that did not choose to enforce it. Mm-hmm. Public schools okay. across the board chose to in, in, impose it or enforce those mask mandates and mm-hmm. all the social distancing and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, but there are a number of private schools. Uh, they didn't say it this way, but essentially, if you're going to make us, you're going to have to make us.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'd say I think our church operated similarly. Where we were told when we were reopening, we were they they were told by I don't know what board of whatever makes decisions like this, but they basically told by the Ohio or the county government that you need to put up signs that say you know please social distance and please wear your mask. And then the church said is like is that all we have to do? They said yep. Can you section off? Can you like row off every other row of chairs and put up signs that say, please wear masks. We're like, okay, that's all we have to do. Yep. Okay. All right, we'll do it. Yeah. And then we opened, it was like, <coughs> yeah. we'll follow those rules. We're not gonna for we We're going to kick you out of the church now. Right. So no. we'll put we need, the signs up, but we're we not going to like, in the seats, arrest man. people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting to me.
0: Yeah. It was also polarizing. I, I don't know. Like I've I said this multiple times. I was basically confused to inaction. Like, I don't know. The noise from both sides is like, so, so opposing. So it's like I don't know which way to like, do Matt, are masks effective? I don't know. Um, yeah. Is social distancing Half the country effective? says they do nothing. I don't know. Half
3: the country says they'll save your life.
0: And right. So all I had to go on was just my basic, I don't mm. know, <laughs> intuition and just some, a few basic statistics. Like, okay, I don't yeah. think, I don't think I'm actually at risk of this thing. Um, I understand the older generation is. Kids don't seem to be at all, so I don't know why they're being masked. Um, you know, very ba- my approach was very basic. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway,
2: don't, don't need what, to go down the <laughs> COVID rabbit hole. When you have for, a
1: school—I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, for, especially since, for all intents and purposes, COVID is not directly impa- impacting our lives right now, which is— We are, yeah, essentially— Actually kind of wonderful. <laughs> I think we're post—
0: <laughs> Might be post COVID. I, I mean, don't know. Th- did you just jinx it? Oh, my <laughs> <And
1: Scott>? Three point <laughs> 3.0 was around we the corner. Post-COVID. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Now our podcast listens are in the toilet. Yeah. yeah. The algorithm just negative. shut us down. <laughs> so there is one nice thing when it comes to being in a, a private school. Um mm-hmm. so in a public school uh, be, just because of vast numbers, uh, mm-hmm. you're you're lost. That not maybe in the classroom, but for a parent to have a voice and go to a PTF meeting or whatever, but it's you're you're one voice in thousands or tens of thousands mm-hmm. of, yeah. of of representatives, whereas a private school is typically in the hundreds of students, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, PTF you have a voice and you can be actively involved and sometimes that's wonderful and sometimes that's really messy but in a school the size of our school at our church mm-hmm. that that means as a dad I can be actively involved I can right. be regularly involved I can be I I can help shape what the school is going to be and help I I'm, I mean I'm not the superintendent I don't cast vision for the school or whatever but mm-hmm. but I have a voice and it's it's heard and I'm known yeah. and I'm recognized by everybody I know all the students I also have um, close proximity because I work in the same building mm-hmm. and I'm a pastor on staff there. I speak in chat. One, one of the things we have, we have chapel weekly at our oh, school. That's cool. So, you know, you, they gather for a time of worship and most other schools, uh, at least public schools, when is the entire school body together with at three or four times a year for an assembly or for yeah. the musical, or the, talk or the, about the
3: drug use or something,
1: right? Yeah, the dare program comes yeah. in. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Our school is together every week. And that's true for all of my girls' schools, middle school and high school as well uh they get together as a school body every week and there's always some short message and a time of worship and Mm um uh, you know they're talking about the the scripture verses that they're memorizing that sort of thing um but every parent has sent their kid knowing that that's a value and that's going to be a part of the the student body life there Mm -hmm. And, and i think that's been wonderful for our kids well i just i think it's really valuable to kind of incorporate
2: those sorts of values that you have into the daily life um like this is part of learning Like, and I feel like, especially, I mean, in public schools, you know, that basically follow exactly what the state says, um, that's not (laughs) something that's their kids are going into these schools and they're, they're having to be, you know, especially if they're Christians they are having to be on guard. They're having to be, you know, very focused about what they're choosing to do and what they're choosing to say and think
1: and all those things. I'm getting even more concerned with, and this isn't to bash public school. I'm a, I'm a product of public schools and I, I, and I love, um, I have numerous friends who are teachers in the public school and I, and I have for years, nearly two decades worked with student ministry within our church. And so Mm -hmm. have invested my life working with middle schoolers and high schoolers, um, but I'm very concerned with the direction of our public schools, how woke there become critical mm-hmm. race theory. Uh, yep. we, we have a dark history of racism in our, in our country, but also For we're, sure. we're trying to rewrite history and it's becoming very manipulative in some ways. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the private school gives the opportunity to choose curriculum other than what the state hands down. Yeah. And, right.
0: and that's wonderful. And as parents in a smaller school, you have more of a say in kind of what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, to speak to that, even further, um, that was something that I think was very valuable in my schooling as a homeschooler. So my sister went clean from elementary all the way up through uh, high school. She was homeschooled. I mean, when we were really young and we lived in England, we went to a private school there. I just, just learned was, a new thing about me. Dean Elementary. <laughs> um, so we were homeschooled after that. Then when we came back to America- We were homeschooled from that point. Like, especially as missionaries, we're constantly moving around. It was not only practical, but it was also the education that my mom wanted for me and my sister. But the other big thing that was really influential, and I know that schools have a lot of structures in place to help kids, but I had very specific learning struggles that I had that would not have been met or I would not have gotten through, um, education as a whole, and become who I am today if my mom had not put in the blood, sweat, and tears to get me the exact education that I need. Sure. And now I did think- Now, did she pull in outside resources to help with that? I mean, she did beyond resources okay. and research and everything to be able to make that happen. And I mean, my sister had her own struggles. I mean, everybody does, but I, I definitely had my own thing that was very challenging. I had dyslexia, which was made reading and writing very difficult for me and sure. stuff like that. So my mom was very able to kind of tailor make like tailor my education to what I needed. But on top of that fact, uh, I think part of the struggle when you have like homeschooling in general is the whole social component mm-hmm. that you guys were talking about. And I think the reason that stereotype exists is because a lot of kids that do go into homeschooling, can become so sheltered because their parents are like, oh, we don't want them to see anything. (laughs) We're just going to put them in this box and leave them there. Um, You know, it's really, it can be a terrible thing. And that's where you get these homeschoolers are like, do they talk?
1: I don't know (laughs) if they talk. They haven't had exposure to the real world. They don't know how to respond to it in some cases. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so there's
2: that component, but I think that it also can force kids. And I definitely experienced this of being forced Into chosen social interactions. So all of my friends that I had were not products of like, oh, we just go to the same place. I guess we're friends. They were all chosen social interactions that I had to push, Um, especially like we had like what was called like a co-op. And I think you guys were incorporated in something similar to that when you were in Minnesota, right?
0: Yes, uh,
3: we. So the school, well, the school that we went to for elementary when we were in Minnesota was packed charter school. Mm-hmm. That was because even at that time, my parents didn't want us in the public schools of Minneapolis because it wasn't nothing to brag about there. We lived um, in Brooklyn
0: Park. It was a not. I think <laughs> it wasn't a great situation. I'm pretty sure about yeah. the schools. But, Br- uh, you
3: may recognize the name of that for a couple <laughs> events that happened Brooklyn, in 2020.
0: Brooklyn Center uh, is where all the crap in 2020 went down, which is right next door. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so nice.
3: wasn't the best area per se, and the public schools were not fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um so we went to this little charter school, uh, which was started as a homeschool co-op group mm-hmm. that outgrew its homeschool name and became a charter school. Yeah. So we were oh, that's brought cool. into that. And it was very yeah. small. I mean there was two classes per. So there was like twenty maybe there's first graders. So first first, first and second, second
0: graders were taught by the same teacher, third and yeah. fourth grade taught by the same teacher, fifth and sixth grade taught by the same Interesting. teacher. Interesting. There are two teachers per groups. There are two yep. first and second grade classes, two third and fourth grade classes, two fifth and sixth grade classes. So it was mm-hmm. like yeah, a homeschool group that got way too big for being a homeschool group yeah. and it became yeah. its own school.
1: Now, Nate, what was the co-op that you were a part of? Was it here locally? Uh, yes, was it, it, was, it was
2: east side. It was right in the okay. Bainbridge area, actually. Like Bainbridge, Aurora, okay. that sort of area. And I think that it's very much a scenario of Homeschooling is exactly, you can have as good of an education, you could probably have the best education homeschooling, education-wise, because it can be exactly what you need, but Mm -hmm. it's entirely what is put into it is what comes out of it. Sure. So the amount of effort that my mom went into of making sure that we were involved in sports, and my dad as well, but making sure that we were in different things. Like I got to do speech and debate growing up, And I got to be, you know, in a lot of different areas that there's just no way that you can, from just a pure scheduling standpoint, um, do as like in public school, like the amount of extracurricular, like field trip type things, like true, like just learning experiences per se. There's just no parallel. There's no way that it can occur from just a pure feasible standpoint of logistics. As
1: we were evaluating what avenue we're going to take for our kids. That was mm-hmm. one of the things that if we were to do homeschooling, yeah. we we would do that because we want to have some sort of a significant say and control in what they're going to learn and how mm-hmm. they're going to learn and be able to tailor, make it just like you said. Yeah. But we would also have them involved in a co-op. And there are a couple here in the area that we know of that are, that are strong and that would be beneficial so that there are those social interactions, but there are also the other things that you can't easily provide at home. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you get out of it as much as you put in what you were just identifying. I'm thinking for my own wife I, I love her to death. Um, but she has struggled in math as an adult and mm-hmm. now she's she's a teacher. She's had to relearn some math things so that she can teach them. Yeah. Um, her mom is not strong at math. her dad's highest education is eighth grade and then mm-hmm. he dropped out of school. And so those are her, those were her educators. And so her math, her level of formal math training is much lower because her teachers didn't have the skills to teach anything higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what if she was going to go into a, she doesn't have the option easily to go into a field where she would ever get algebra two or calculus or calc two or Mm -hmm. stats or anything like that. Or, or what about the science classes? You're not dissecting fetal pigs Mm -hmm. at home, probably. And and you don't have, you don't have an entire, surprised. well, maybe, <laughs> maybe raccoons in the backyard. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but the big science labs that high schools have, and you have mm-hmm. the Bunsen burners, the beakers and everything. I mean, there's yeah. so much money invested in that, that you don't have at home. And so a lot of the, the STEM programs where many students, if they had exposure to it, might excel at that. Yeah. But if, if you're not, if you're only, I don't mean only as, I don't mean to minimize it, but if homeschooling is your only experience, you're not involved in another co-op that brings in some other resources, people mm-hmm. who are skilled in, in that particular field or have, have the equipment to be able to study that, yeah. it can be self-limiting a little bit too.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I think the, the cool thing about homeschooling, which you kind of said earlier, is that mm. you can tailor the education to exactly what the kid needs. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you were to stick that same kid in public school or even private school, where they have a uh, 28 of their peers listening to the same instruction, yep. they can only accelerate as quickly as the slowest kid in that class. Pretty yes. Much.
1: That is so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Like you <laughs> yeah. might
0: be a whiz. You might be a math whiz. I think whiz. that was
3: literally my problem in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, you, I, for I, me just, I just couldn't handle what?
0: I said, you could be a genius at a certain subject, but you're just stuck going at the same pace as everyone else. Yeah. Whereas homeschool, yeah. you'd be like, well, he understands calculus already. Let's move on to the next thing. Let's do um, mm-hmm. differential equations or whatever. That was yeah. that, that was
1: my experience in high school, just like you, Jeff. I remember sitting in Calc 1. I was in the – it's going to sound like um, I'm bragging. And maybe I am. Uh, I, I took Calc 1 in high school. We – I was with a couple of buddies who were brainiacs. They carried me most of the way, but we, we self-studied Calc two at the same time. Mm-hmm. Our our teacher in high school was a college professor at Tri-C. He said, he, he said, you're welcome to do Calc two. He provided us the, the material. So we, we cool. yeah, we learned them in tandem, but I remember sitting in class when, when he was lecturing and Julie was in our class, she was an A student, but she was slow to get there and yeah. she had her spr- uh, spring loaded arm. He wouldn't even be done with the <laughs> instruction. She's got her <laughs> <Spring-loaded> arm up <laughs> arm. asking him to <laughs> Explain exactly what he just said, and I'm like, Oh my yeah. goodness, just and and we we could only go as fast as Julie in the class, yeah, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So that stuff drove me so nuts. Right. in school, like I, I had that kind of a like I guess I don't know how to describe it. My teachers knew that I probably knew the answer to the questions when I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of my English <laughs> teachers, if he ever saw me completely zoned out, not paying attention, he'd call on me to give whatever answer to the question was going on, <laughs> and then I would. Because he knew that I was bored and not paying attention anymore, because I'd already figured out what was going on. I was just sitting there, like, "Uh, this <laughs> which, class sucks." Which teacher was that? <laughs> uh, what's his name? Our senior year honors English. Um,
1: Connell, I knew you were going to say that. Connell, yeah, yeah, Connell.
3: He was just the best
0: yeah.
1: freaking yeah, teacher. He the, yeah, he was good. And and homeschooling provides you that environment where you can recognize your your child's weaknesses and shore them up and strengths Mm -hmm. and lean into them and watch them excel like no other
2: that was a hundred percent my experience like math and science i wanted math and science that was my thing i had this uh what was was like the big company that like made books it was like a i don't remember but it was like the main scholastic yeah, Scholastic. Yeah. So, Sounds familiar. Uh, sure. they made, they've made they made a lot of Sounds educational good. books, but they <laughs> yeah. there was, we got, I think it was like from a yard sailor for somewhere that was like this encyclopedia of science. Mm. But it was literally just like a mm. bunch of science topics, but it, the thing was huge. And I would literally sit there by myself and just like read it for fun. Yeah. Like That was like, <laughs> so this is what I want to do. And like, there was one year, like when I went through geometry, like my brain just got that really quick. I finished that two months into the year. Boom. And then next, I was like, next topic, next one, on. <laughs> right. yeah. you know? And so I would spend, That's great. I could very easily consume certain <laughs> topics, but then, you know, I would spend like a quarter of the day on like three subjects. And then I would be on English and writing for like half the day because I would just have to really hammer on it just for it to get through my brain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also there's like, there's all those kinds of positive things. Like there's a, like, you can go as fast as you can go. Right. until i finished my schoolwork you, you at 11 time. oh i want to wake up at six and you know so that i can go out and play or do whatever the other thing that i want to do i could totally do that i was done at 11 o'clock in the morning and be like you know the rest of the day it's not bad. a mandatory seven <laughs> right. hours yep. every day yeah. or your yeah. family can go on vacations randomly in the yes. middle of school year oh, so seriously free. <laughs> yeah absolutely and then you it can also be incorporated like we would go on like a road trip and we'd were hey we're gonna stop at these three parks that also have these science exhibits or like these art exhibits or whatever. Right. And you like learn a thing. Okay. Guess what? You're going to write a report on this art exhibit that we went. To. Okay, great. Thanks mom. You know, but like <laughs> like there is so much more exposure in that regard, but similar to what you said, it's like, there's a like a larger world exposure of seeing and encountering a lot more things because you have that freedom. Right. But the thing is, is that you do, it's always a trade because mm-hmm. exactly like the resources that schools have, like unless you're like super rich, there's just no way that you can do it, unless you are incorporated in like a co-op. Like we did a lot of our like main like science like dissections and stuff yeah. as a group, and we'd they would bring in a like a specialist person that was like this is like what they do, like yeah. they know the, all these science classes, and we'd have presentations and stuff. <laughs> but and it's so. hard
1: to do that if you're just doing it isolated yes. on your own, right? And yeah.
2: The, yeah. I feel like the m- big struggle is that. There are some parents that are like, "Yes, I want to do homeschooling so that I can train my child in a vacuum. I want to just educate them to be, yeah. you know, because there's so be much dangerous. fear that can be surrounded yeah. to that."
1: Yeah. yeah, one one area that the public schools do have these other two options, you know, homeschooling and private private education mm-hmm. uh, beat is just the the sheer resources that they have Mm -hmm. because speech therapists or setting up ISPs and IEPs for students, or to be able to bring in language specialists for, for kids who are coming from families where English is a, is a secondary language. Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, just think of all the specialists that public schools have on their payroll that they bring in and out of class and pull kids for things. And they get that specialized help, which many kids need. And that's fantastic. Now that's more challenging in the homeschool area. The private schools here, Parma City Schools will contract mm-hmm. with them, and we can bring specialists in mm-hmm. for some of that. But you know, it's always an add on. We don't have any of them on staff.
3: Yeah, the end. That's what that vouch- those voucher <laughs> programs. The end.
1: <laughs> what Jeff. Yeah,
3: yeah that, that's where the voucher programs are. What's so encouraging mm-hmm. to me because of what that would mean for the entire economic situation of schools. Yes, where if suddenly schools are being paid regardless of size, as, soon as I guess if you meet a certain quota. I know exactly how the rules work. But then every student that goes to your school gets a set amount of public money to fund them would suddenly mean that even your smaller private schools would be receiving a significantly more money, hopefully, or more guaranteed money, which we could potentially bring in more specialists like that and have more right. of those type of experiences. Which is like that, that to me, if that happens before my kids enter school, that throws a huge wrench in all of my educational plans for them because mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what it means for the, for the market of schools. If, if, if that goes through,
1: so yeah. it's going to be fascinating. Well, almost. and it'd be a huge advantage to you too, especially if you're, if you're considering private education or homeschooling, uh, don't discount the fact that homeschooling is not, I mean, it's cheaper than private education, but it's not cheap it's either for no. you. No, all, all the curriculum that you have to purchase. So anybody who's choosing yeah. something other than public school right now is paying for education for their kids twice yep. because I still pay in my taxes and my property taxes. I still pay for the Parma city schools. And then I pay for all the private education on top of that, without the voucher program.
2: True that hadn't considered that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even then homeschooling has completely launched in a different direction with um, the advent of, you know, high speed internet and technology being what it is. I mean, there's literally online resources like proper, like teaching (laughs) in specialized areas that can occur now. Like when I did it, my mom literally taught me like when I did uh, math, it was like a huge thing as they had like VHS tapes and you would have, Whoa. you would put in the VHS tape and they're like, he's going to teach this lesson. And you would like watch the lesson. And then you would mm-hmm. do like all the workbooks and stuff to go with it. Right. And I was like, you know, that was like a crazy thing. Like, Oh, my mom's not going to teach me this. Well, that's weird. It's <laughs> a treat, yeah. you know? Um, But I, it is also exactly what you're saying. It's like, it's, it's extra on top. Like, the amount of money and resources my parents put into buying curriculum and all of the extra resource stuff that we needed. To it's be a huge investment is a huge investment. And it's also not even that, but it's the investment of time. Like my mom basically taught both of us full time. And then even right. then she is really good in certain areas, but my dad, he's the, the math and science whiz mm-hmm. is always good. So, he would come home, and then guess what? We're sitting at the table Tag that team. evening, you know, going over how this, like, yeah. the amount of like effort my sister, who was struggled in math way more than I did, spent with my dad at the table going over stuff so that she could understand it is like, I like guess, a huge amount of investment.
1: In Props time. to your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff, you had asked a question before, and I, the answer just popped into my head. Now you had asked about how the private schools were able—Christian private schools were able to handle the COVID things differently mm-hmm. uh, when many of the public schools were closed. They just crossed the board shut down for months yeah. and months and months. Four,
3: seven-year-olds getting online schooling in your living room,
1: right? Yep. Uh, the private schools had had the freedom; they were allowed to continue meet in person, assume uh, provided they right. met certain you know, criteria. Mm -hmm. And so our schools were able to do that. And many parents, and that's why we saw an influx of families saying, I I can't, one, I need to go to work. I can't have my kid at home all day, just sitting in front of a screen. And two, they're not going to, they don't have the attention span or the discipline to do that. That's not going to work for them. Also, tell me how that works for kindergartners and first graders. That's a real challenge for (laughs) where they're at developmentally, Mm. (laughs) but we met in classrooms still. You know, and, yeah, and yeah. parents signed a waiver at the beginning of the year saying we recognize the risk. Okay, yeah, that's why I'm sending my kid there because they're still going to be in a classroom mm-hmm. and they're still going to be with other kids and they're going to have a gym teacher and a first grade teacher and a music yeah. teacher and a, you know the science value right. of that
3: is so much higher than the dollar amount.
1: Oh, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, it's,
3: that's crazy.
2: It's even harder because the when they switch to virtual learning, you're basically taking this education system that has operated the same way for hundreds of years almost. And then you're like, and now we're just going to cram it into this virtual box, having almost no experience doing this ever. And it's like, this is just the quick
1: solution that we yeah, have. Yeah, it was so hard. It was and, so hard on teachers. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. So I hard on <laughs> teachers. So <laughs> no, hard yeah. on students.
0: Yeah. My, my wife was part of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mine too. She was a high school math teacher. So she had to deal with all the covidness and teaching online and having to mm-hmm. be in the classroom with no students, but just have her webcam going and just teach a lesson and it was awkward. She could tell the students weren't paying attention, but she had to do it anyway. And just, I don't know.
1: Yeah. My wife's with kindergartners. They, you can't even send them home with a Chromebook. Cause they can't type, they can't read, they can't write yet. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you do? No, it's tablets, but they can't navigate Google classroom. They can't read yet. You know? So like the, the insanity of it all, you know, was, was crazy. Um, yeah. so <laughs> That's what's,
4: crazy. Here's, here's uh, my I'm gift sorry. to you this evening. Yeah.
1: I did a little bit of research, a deep dive, um, the Jordan Peterson, when asked, nice. yeah, I'm bringing back the Jordan Peterson, <laughs> made it.
2: we knew he'd be here. Yeah. <laughs> when well asked, concerned. when asked
1: his opinion about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a direct quote. He said, I have nothing bad to say about it.
0: <gasps> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> What's how? And you know, he, if <laughs> he did, he not, would. <laughs> so is that yeah. not how education was for millennia until... I mean, higher education became a thing and there were colleges and universities and stuff. Mm. Like the idea of sending your kid to be instructed by a stranger is kind of new, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
2: Relatively. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, know. I I don't know. (laughs) Kind of.
3: I'd say the Jews were doing that in the temples (laughs) for a a long while. Yeah. That's more religious education and probably mathematical education. Mm -hmm.
0: But
3: I think the idea that there's a central place of learning by people who spend their time studying isn't, I'm talking about that's the, kind of a human the education
0: of children. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But well, I don't know, being raised by your parents primarily. I, I, that's one of the things that's, I mean, of course all the stuff in Florida, mm-hmm. if you're living under a rock, uh, <laughs> the one the, the big debate about it is because people are recognizing, especially over the past two years that we've abdicated most of the raising of our kids to someone else to do. Oh, for real? those people have started it, yeah. to actually say, no, 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 no. We get to tell them what to think. And if we don't want to tell you what we told them, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And we, people are recognizing we've actually kind of crossed a line where we lost that connection Mm -hmm. of, yes, no, these are my kids. I raise them. I teach them what they need to know, or I at least choose who teaches them what they, or what is being taught to them. And there's been a bit of a, as Dan, as you're saying, with being involved in private schools, the fact that you actually get to be involved in it Mm -hmm. is like, if you told someone that 200 years ago, they'd go, what, you're not involved in what your kids learn? Right. Like, what are you talking right. about? Like, that's so foreign. <laughs> right. How do you not but know? But now it's, it's expected that you're like, no, you just put them in the schools and they learn, I don't know, whatever the schools teach them. It, we're right. very disconnected from this now. Yeah. Right? And that
1: abdication has come at such a great cost. Um, I'm old enough to remember, maybe you guys are too, that back in the day- when I would get, if I say if, when I'd get in trouble in school and, <laughs> yeah. a, and a note goes home mm-hmm. Mom is not calling the teacher to chew the teacher out because nope. <laughs> Dan is such a good boy, but I was in trouble a second time because I acted out in class mm-hmm. because yes. my parents and my teachers had very sh- shared values and were in partnership yes. with this. That is not the case. If you talk to most educators, they're not afraid of the students. They're afraid of the parents mm-hmm. who are yeah. always coming after them. You know, they, They've got their, their educational quotas that they have to meet they have all the the check marks that they have to hit for the outcome-based education. And then they've got yeah. a parent breathing down their neck because so-and-so that wasn't fair for Johnny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's really a, a tragedy. The, the adjustment <clears throat> of standards, not only within like educational, like straight educational standards, but the standards that even parents have for their kids. And it's, it's extremely evident when you have those sorts of reactions. When you have parents coming in and being like, you're not teaching my kid effectively, as opposed to being like, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe there's something else. Maybe as a parent, I need to put in the extra effort. It's like, okay, this is the the window of failure that's happening right here. Okay, he doesn't understand math the way that he needs to. He's really struggling in this area. Okay, I'm going to have to put in the extra effort to actually make this happen. And it's it's this very much this hands-off approach of like, okay, well, the teachers have got it, and if they haven't, you're not doing a good enough job. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. That's
0: part of the... It's just a product of our society now. Yeah. We have a me-first society. Mm-hmm. We don't really... As, assuming responsibility for your own actions is not taught like it used to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's never... that's being exemplified by... I don't know, the last number of presidencies, including the guy I voted for, like he obviously (laughs) didn't assume responsibility for anything he did either. Unfortunately. Um, So it's not it. We we don't have good role models at the top of the chain anywhere. (laughs) So that's why I don't don't want to go on a huge tangent, but voting on the base of character doesn't make any sense to me because they all suck. (laughs)
1: Can I give a different spin to our our topic of education? Just take a different angle at it real quick, and it it won't be long. Um, It's easy for us to... And rightly so, to be critical of educa- the educational system, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, homeschooling, it's easy, there's it low hanging fruit to tease and joke about homeschoolers. And, and those stereotypes get there uh, mm-hmm. because there have been plenty of kids who have been the product yes. of and turn out really awkward. Stereotypes uh, exist for a reason. <laughs> yep. And there is the stereotype of the private education where I'm just going to pay to make sure my kid is uh, getting what he gets and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kid who's you know, always fed with a silver spoon and, and spoiled. Yeah. No, there's that yeah. stereotype in the yeah. public school is just all all garbage and all bad. Uh, there, there are stereotypes there um, that it's a dumpster fire and it's all going to hell in a handbasket kind of thing. Um, so outside, it's easy to be critical of all of those things. Some of those things are very true, um, but none of us in this room are educators, but yep. we're, we're closely connected to educators. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if you know this fun fact, this is National Teacher Appreciation Week. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It is. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Take uh, take that upstairs with you when you go because your <laughs> wife is an, <laughs> is an educator. Yeah. Get and and so. I appreciate you. I just want I want to think about that for a second. For the moms who stay home and forego what could be a very profitable career and earning income for their family, primarily mm-hmm. it's moms. Yep. Not always, but primarily for the for the homeschooling families. Mm-hmm. That is a huge investment from yeah. these kids who they just wish they could get a break from a little bit. A Mm -hmm. seven hour hiatus during the day where somebody else manages a kid would be really nice some (laughs) days. We are so
3: thrilled for Kelly to start preschool to get two and a half hours off. (laughs) We're like gigging out about this fall. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: and every mom and family that makes that homeschooling commitment props to them because that is a sacrifice from start to finish and it's not easy and and you're figuring it out on your own in most cases. It's not like you went to school and have um, four years of education to train you for this, you're just jumping in and figuring out as you go, props to those moms. And I think of our uh, private educators, like my wife and some who are, um, I'll tell you, uh, anybody who gets an education is probably not doing it for the paycheck. However, wow. private school teachers make, uh, my wife could easily go to Target and make a lot more than what she does as, yeah. as a private school teacher. And it's most private school teachers don't, those jobs don't come with benefits, Mm -hmm. So, you know, they'd be a lot, life would be easier if they just went to Panera and served coffee. Mm It would be a lot less stress. And yet they are dedicated, they have this vision and this mission that we're going to raise kids in a way that's not just teaching them math and science and reading and writing as important as those are, but we're going to wrap that all up in a foundation of biblical standards and principles and hold up the gospel on a regular basis Mm -hmm. and help them understand that when you're working on a group project, it is good to be patient and kind and gentle and faithful. And the fruits of the spirit are lived out in our classroom right here. Mm -hmm. And then I think of our public school teachers who are working hard. I know many you guys do too. Many who, um, I especially think of those who are Christians in the public school, but across the board, it is hard work. You're up against, um, your your the expectations for what you're producing in your classroom, if your students do poorly, that reflects poorly on you, even mm. if they're just bad learners. you know it's it's your yes. job to to get them to figure it out. And then you have the administration who has expectations for you, and you're being reviewed and and mm. you're you're thinking about job advancement and what's my next position. And uh, you've dedicated your lives to these kids. And and you want to see them succeed and your heart breaks many times because of the situations that they're coming from. I mean, it is a sacrifice across the board for our educators at mm-hmm. whatever level and whatever avenue or venue they find themselves in. They are props to them. And I don't just say that because it's national teachers awareness or appreciation <laughs> week, but but it is you you don't get into that because you want to get rich quick. You get into that for because sure, you man. want to invest in the next generation. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's they do it for the love of the job. Right. And unfortunately, yeah. hate for the administration often moves them out of the job. Right. Um, um, and yeah. I was going to say it is a
3: complex and, economic situation. Just it's teachers and pastors where like we, we were saying, like youth pastors don't get paid much. It's because people who want to go into youth ministry actually just really feel called to go into youth ministry mm-hmm. and they're not doing it for the paycheck. Yeah. And just like teachers actually feel like, no, this is like my calling in life. I right. I'm I am a I'm made right. to be an educator well, of kids. And they don't necessarily have the same economic drive that other industries do the the motivation is they they will will take a low pay to do the
0: job. Yeah. Right. They just need to gotta be able to live. That's kind of the missionary mindset as well. It's not. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Enough Um, to get by. Right. You just got gotta be able to live. And the crazy thing is though, is the (coughs) impact that teachers can have on kids life is, I don't know if you can actually express it in any way. (laughs) Like, the teacher that I had when I so after the last two years of my schooling, I wasn't like my sister. I actually went to a career center for electronics. So the first half of the day we would have conventional classes and then I would go to my career class. And it was like the when I was my junior year, it was the first half of the day was my career class and then and then senior year it would switch. Um, and my teacher, Mr. Karam, who was uh, um, my electronics teacher, he, uh completely changed my perspective on you know learning as a whole, as, mm-hmm. especially as it pertained to like something that was like career forward and i I don't think I would even be a an aviation technician if I actually wasn't in his class and like some of the like the way he taught and like the passion that he had and like how like you could genuinely tell how much he actually cared about every single person that was in that even the knuckleheads that drove him up a wall. Sure. You could tell that he like legitimately cared. And it's one thing to have your mom, you know, care about you. It's like, yeah, my mom obviously loves me. I, I don't have to be like, Oh, maybe she like doesn't want to be around me. Like, yeah, but she absolutely loves me even though she's my teacher. She's also my mom. So it doesn't really matter what I do it can kind of be the perspective sometimes. But when you have um, these teachers that can have an extreme impact in your life, it's, I mean, it can be life-changing for kids. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that is true. Um, there's another benefit of public school, I guess, is you are mm-hmm. opening, in private private school, someone being taught by people who aren't just your parents. Yeah. Um, which homeschool has with through co-ops and mm-hmm. stuff. But you're you're opening your child's mind up to lots of different perspectives, um, mm-hmm. lots of different teaching styles. Um, so, I don't know, that something to consider as well.
3: What Dan, I'm curious. Do your daughters play sports?
1: They do. Mm -hmm. How
3: was that? What has that been like with the private schools compared to public school? Because from just to lay it out, like the perspective that we had in public school was that most private schools were terrible at sports because they didn't have enough kids. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And public schools have all the people. So you have better sports teams and they have more money for good sports facilities and all Mm -hmm. of those things. What has that experience been like for you with your kids?
1: So, um, talk to St. Ed's about that. I mean, that's not well, always yeah, I know. The case. I There's, right? the, there's okay. the exception there that butts every time right. with right. the states,
3: and there, there, are, there, right? And so, there's some it, private schools. So, you're not,
1: you're not recruiting technically, but you can really offer some nice packages, right, to, mm-hmm. to some people yeah. to make it financially available for them. Yeah. Um, and I think the, I think the voucher program or the the backpack bill is going to yeah. be a game changer for that. because you have to have a certain size school Mm. and body uh, let's just talk high school for instance to be able to have to cover the liability insurance and all the equipment you need for a high school football program it's super expensive right yeah um and and then all the transportation the busing that comes along with that and to be able to play with the big boys the other schools who Mm -hmm. have when your student body is a total of 500 you're you're pool that you're drawing from is much smaller. That's what you're identifying with right there. Uh, So uh, I'll talk about, you asked about my girls experience. Uh, All three of my girls have played multiple sports. They and I'm going to brag on them. They've been team captains all all along the way. Most valuable players on their teams, multiple years. Uh, My middle daughter, just this last year went uh, her, she went to States. It's middle school, but it's, it's the biggest game that tournament. Yep. They took second place in the state. The other coaches nominated, from all other teams uh, all-star uh players and she got to play and win in the all-star game for the state wow. so you know okay so, so my girls are <laughs> we haven't pushed them to sports they have gravitated to sports mm-hmm. i've had the privilege of being able to coach at, at not not the high school level but coach my daughters in volleyball which has been a real joy uh, so i get hands on uh, so you're asking about the level of the competition um, I'll, I'll talk about one of the other benefits first Uh, My daughters have changed schools and in the private school, I identified, you know, you only have one first grade class, one second grade class, one third grade class. So the consequence Mm -hmm. of that is by the time you're graduating elementary school, the core group of kids have been together in school since kindergarten for seven years every day. Mm -hmm. So now my daughter goes off to another school that has a middle school. They've been together for seven years. She's the new kid. Mm -hmm. So she comes in and all these kids have been in the same class every day. For the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And now there's my daughter and she's the outsider. She played volleyball. She met with her team a month before everybody came together for school. She already had a close knit group of girls who were not just in her class, but were in multiple classes Mm. and got folded right into the group and felt socially accepted. And so we all know, uh, from our sports experiences, what it means to be on a team mm-hmm. and the dynamics of that sometimes positive, sometimes negative but the relationships that are forged through fighting and working together on the court or on the field together mm-hmm. that has been very helpful. And then that's been true as my oldest daughter's gone off to high school. That's just paved the way for relationships when you're going off to a new school. And yeah. some students really struggle in school, not academically, but socially. And that's a, a real struggle for them. Sports have been a good on ramp relationally for my kids. And mm-hmm. so I'm really grateful for that. Now, Um, all of our schools compete in leagues. So, um, they go to, uh, aside from Parma Heights Christian Academy, they're going to Lutheran schools and the Lutheran schools have a large educational network. The Lutheran Mm -hmm. church is very good at, at, uh, producing high quality education for the most part and having Mm -hmm. a large network. Whereas Mm -hmm. when I talk about Christian schools, that's actually a Christian Academy is a technical terminology but to be very independent they wouldn't be linked together like a school system would be whereas the lutheran schools have a school system Mm
4: -hmm.
1: and so that provides additional resources and while um so their sports teams at the high school level are competing not just against other private schools but they're they're competing against all the big high schools in the area and and doing well and going to states Hmm. Hmm. okay that would not be true for every school i mean it's it's a component of size and student body size yeah
3: because right. yeah. I know one of the reasons that our my our dad wanted to move out of the school system that me and Scott were in is because Scott was entering middle school and our dad said he is not going to play on this middle school basketball <laughs> team. <today. laughs> this yeah. is I, the
0: yeah we I was not going to stay attending this co op turned elementary school forever. Mm-hmm. My my parents were going to move me out of that. F- um, I think it was pretty sports motivated. I don't know yeah. how. From, like, I think they liked the education that I was getting, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh,
3: I, from, from talking to our parents, I'm pretty sure there the education there. There was no complaints about the education. Actually looking back on it, I think it was probably quite good relatively. Yeah. But the big thing that, that the issue we had is the school was just too small. And well, at the time I don't, know, I was like seven, didn't really matter what I was doing, but Scott was like old enough that our dad recognized, okay, he's actually a good basketball player for an, for an 11 year old. Um, this isn't yeah. going to cut it. He, this mm-hmm. is, this is, he's going to be so, he's never going to reach his potential. If
0: well, the, we stay here. Well, right. And the thing is we grew up playing, playing all the sports and, and I we were in a
3: city. So the, the sports leagues were actually it was crazy ridiculously
0: competitive. Like we had tryouts in the Metrodome, the Minnesota twins, former wow. stadium. And there were like hundreds of kids trying not to make one baseball team. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I made it. And I, yeah. so I was good, <laughs> but, and then, uh, All those same kids, they're all going to public school and they're all joining those teams. Whereas Mm -hmm. I was in this private school or this charter school and I'm going to play on this little charter school team. My dad was like, all your competitions playing in these other leagues, like you need to Mm -hmm. need to get back over here. So
1: now there's a sweet spot though. If you're in a tiny little school that everybody walks on is going to make the team because they're just struggling to get enough players on the team. You're not going to get noticed. Yeah. If you're at a public school. Uh, You can be a a big fish, but it's also a big pond. Mm -hmm. There's a sweet spot with private schools. So the school that my, my, the high school that my daughter's going to, they have scouts out there regularly checking them out and it's a smaller pond. So if you're a big fish, you get easily noticed and uh, kids are getting Students are getting scholarships regularly. I don't have any uh, um, thoughts that my daughters are going to be playing any of their sports professionally. However, yeah. I hope that they can uh, subsidize some of their college exactly. education yeah. with some good scholarships. And mm-hmm. the school that they're at, they, they have a good chance of getting noticed at, which is good. That's good. Yeah. Okay.
3: yeah. And I'd say I think our, our high school is actually a, a really good size for that being about, about I think my graduate <coughs> class was like 230. Um, Mine was 230, where, yeah. Where there was enough people that you can make a, a fairly competitive team. Like our baseball team, the last year that I played, we won the whole league. Way to go. Um, played states, all that stuff. So, like, we were a good team and everything, but it wasn't like there was so many people that you would just get missed because right. there wasn't enough leagues to play in. Yeah, and that's why I'm talking about that sweet spot. if you were the 14th best spot. basketball player, but there's only 13 slots, it's like, well, you're still a probably pretty good basketball player. If your class is 1,000 kids, you're probably pretty good. Yeah, but, but are you going to get noticed? Slots right. Well, I seem to recall
0: 14, so. one best basketball player ever, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Debate yeah, between cut him from and his LeBron. high school team. Well, was cut so, from his high school team, yeah. Wow so that's so, crazy you know <laughs> it, it, to yeah, echo that point you can <laughs> easily get overlooked
2: yeah
0: um. <clears throat> absolutely
3: that's good to know i mean again our one experience was being at a small school and our mm-hmm. basically our parents saying this isn't going to cut it and the sports direction for our kids which our, our dad valued highly because he's a big sports fan big athletic mm-hmm. guy She's so like I value this too much to just not let my kids experience it. I I I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. which is how we ended up well one of the reasons not the only reason we ended up moving to Ohio. But it is nice to hear that there is good athletic access in schools your your kids size. Mm-hmm. And that's not like you're just done for if you're not in the public schools because that that was kind of a value I had of like you have to go to public schools if you want good sports experience.
1: Now we we chose our schools, in part, with that as a factor, though we could have picked yeah. another school that that would not be the case. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yep. So uh, you make a fair point. Uh, that was something we were evaluating when we were looking at schools. Mm-hmm. Nice. We've
0: been going for a good good yeah. while. Yeah. So uh, I have
1: I have one more thing. Go uh, ahead. I, I wanted to say. Uh,
2: I think it's easy to look at all the negativity from uh, recent educational experience with the wokeness that's going into schools from COVID causing all these things um, to happen that have affected our lives. Mm-hmm. But I think it's uh, good to look at the positive side of things. I don't think that any parent would be aware of what education looks like in their schools if they didn't have it in their living room. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think that any parent would be as involved as they are in the social topics if it wasn't in their face to some degree. Mm-hmm. So in those regards, I mean, it's kind of bleak <laughs> from what we can see at education. But at the same time, I think there is a lot of, you know, at least parental care that is starting to mm-hmm. infect parents that are out there today. That it's not just this whole like, okay, they got it. You know, we sent them to school. They've been doing it for this long. They're obviously good. Of parents being like, wait a second, hold on, yeah. you know, and actually well, putting some care and effort into their children's lives and educations.
0: Yeah, I am very encouraged that um, Ron DeSantis in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, they signed that bill or um, they, that the left for some reason called it the don't say gay bill, even though yeah. it's it's also the don't say straight bill. It's the don't say anything bill. Yeah. it's, it's um,
3: properly titled the wait till eight bill
0: <laughs> yeah just just wait until um,
3: they're eight years old and then we'll be okay
0: yeah so there there are many reasons to be encouraged by what is happening um but i yeah. i immediately get rediscouraged discouraged by the way that's all framed <laughs> like god but the way the media freaking twists <laughs> oh, it, it drives oh, yeah. me insane absolutely it's like it's not what it says like and everyone's just taking it at face value like oh, mm-hmm. it drives me crazy Well, but I will say
3: that I I am genuinely encouraged by stuff like that mm -hmm. for, by the time my kids are in school, you know, like I, I had said this previously, but I don't want to just cede the territory of public schools. Like we were saying earlier, you you don't want to just pull all the Christians and all the moral families out of public I think we've already been doing
0: that for too long. That's why we're here. But
3: yeah, so I I don't want to cede the territory. I think it's something that it is a valuable thing that our public education in our countries, in our Mm -hmm. states is good. So I don't want to just leave it and go whatever just homeschool or whatever just yeah. find a private school not not that those things are wrong as we've said you know they're, they're great for many reasons obviously but just to say like you know i i think it's cool that we're actually starting to push back and say no let's not do this mm-hmm. there's there, we have to have some sane limits on these things and it makes me encouraged for that by the time my kids get to that point yeah it's very possible i'll decide that public school legitimately is the best option for them which would be great I would love it if I could say, hey, this is actually just the best <laughs> yeah, option available. With no it's the cheapest, easiest, yeah. and
1: it's the best. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Scott, I know we're landing the plane. I have two parting thoughts. <laughs> Go ahead. Is that all right? Yes. yes. One, Jeff, we, we, can't give, we can't give up on our public schools. We need to support them and be actively involved. I uh, mm. I was doing humanitarian mission work in Haiti several mm. years ago. Haiti does not talk. have a public <laughs> education system. The state nope. does not provide any education for their country. Mm -hmm. And that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't educate your people and uh, the, the great United States in part, because we have an education system and we train up our people in practical ways Mm -hmm. uh, that sets us apart from other nations in the world. That's one. And the second one is um, I want to encourage you as men who are raising your kids, Mm -hmm. uh, Nate, hopefully someday the, the decision is uh, yours. Mm Mm-hmm. And the responsibility is yours, and there's accountability with that. I've shared opinions and thoughts here, uh, all of that with the understanding that that was what we were, Grace and I felt we were called to for our family as we evaluated where our kids were at. Mm-hmm. But uh, each family has to evaluate what's best for them, their situation, and their kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are going to be all kinds of people who have all kinds of opinions on what, how you should raise your kids. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, someday you're going to be accountable to the Lord for that that's not a threat that's an encouragement to say you do what's right not what other people think you, they want you to do with your kids because every kid is different every family is different and the opportunity opportunities and resources are different for each of our families so
2: absolutely yeah.
0: you just landed the plane to perfection Perfect. boom <laughs> that was a very soft landing i yes. didn't even know we were on the ground <laughs> it's like wow no bouncing
2: <laughs> so smooth
0: <laughs> yeah well yeah, thank you for joining us again, Dan. Mm-hmm. It's a joy. It's been a pleasure. I enjoyed this. We did not get to the more dreary topic,
1: which, which is I'm fine. Okay. <clears> throat> I'm throat> fine throat> with that. We, gonna we, gonna we just have grief. to save it for time. There's some foreshadowing.
0: There could be a third episode with Dan on it. <laughs> 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 Perhaps. and a fourth, and a fifth, who knows? We can keep this going forever. This is fun. <laughs> yes, uh, we enjoy doing it. So, thank you all for listening. Um, if you wouldn't mind... We enjoyed seeing the graphs spike. (laughs) That was a
3: good dopamine hit. So if you
0: could just really hit that button for us again. (laughs) If you could just listen to this on repeat, um, (laughs) it makes us feel a lot
2: better about ourselves.
0: When
3: you're out of the house, play it for your pets. We're going to make
2: a sleepy time uh, uh, playlist that you just put on (laughs) when you go to sleep and you just mute your phone and then it just gives us... listens and it makes right. us feel good or share it with some friends yeah, who are trying absolutely. to figure out what they or, want to do or with do the, practical things like share it yeah. yes yeah share it with your friends
0: share it with your fam um just consider the things we talked about um not that any of us are super authorities on it but it's just our our perspective so i think we had some good thoughts that were shared so anyway um that's all we got for this week we will talk at you next week thanks for listening goodbye cheers oh crap.